Nami is our surprise shot winner of the day because it's her turn. Um, and I didn't see anything specific from her. Um, so I picked this one out and I tried to make it something that wasn't too, too, too terrible. Since John apparently can't take shots anymore. What are you talking about? Last week, you did not take the second shot at all. Oh, did I not? Yeah. No. Okay. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. I'm not happy with you, Jen. I'm sorry. And I had whiskey in it, didn't oh, I? Oh, good God. It was a whiskey sour shot. Ugh. Gross. Oh, shitty titties. I liked it. Shit on my tits and then rub it in the nips. I really just don't like whiskey. I'm sorry. Just what about Tennessee whiskey? I like the song and that's it. <laughs> mm. All right, go ahead, Jen. Tell us, recap it for us. I cannot. Okay, we are in the Czech Republic, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, we are. Um, mm -hmm. And someone picks up on basically like their baby monitor screen, someone else's signal, and it is a boy in a basement or something, whatever. Oh, right. He's been being tortured. Yes. He's like living in his own filth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the boy. Oh, gosh. What? It's not bad. I know. Oh, it's just creepy. Ah, oh. that's him. That's him getting fed oh. some bread. And then there's there's more than one that's child the there. Correct. Yes. So the family gets arrested, and it's like the mom of the kids and the sister, the mom's sister, so the aunt, and there's three kids in total that are taken away. Right? Yeah. Did it? Did everyone listen to the first episode that's on here right now? I will recap. But yeah, I'm doing a ter terrible job. So, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're I doing better anything. than me because I, you know, what I think happens is that sometimes you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened in a really long time. <laughs> Although I, w I, I will say I was out till I was out till 2 a.m., which is really late that night last this morning. Oh, um, but I feel fine. I feel great. Um, And then sometimes I think that I black out after the fact. We probably do because you drink a lot. I do black out sometimes. Times. I mean, sometimes I just genuinely don't remember cases. Well, I, like, uh, but not after the fact. Like, I'm present when I, I, I will say, yes, there have been times when my eyes have closed and, and not, it's not anything on John or his storytelling. It's, it's the booze. Sorry, what were you talking about? I was, so, I was having a dream and you woke me up. <laughs> I had some really effed up dreams this week, but, um, but, I, and then after the fact, when, when he was like part two and I was like, wait, the Ken and Barbie case, I was like, no, that was episode one. And I, I like literally struggle sometimes to remember what it is we talked about in the second episode. And I think it's the booze. This is only my second beer and that's the only other beer that I will have today. Um, Cause you know what? I just decided that I don't need all of it. I don't need the beer. And when I was at the brew lab the other day. Um, drinking beer. They did give us a couple free beers. <laughs> it was like 10 a.m. The other day when I was drinking beer, I thought to myself, you know what? I don't need this. <laughs> need this. No, what I, it was like my first beer and I was halfway through. I have six through. more and then I'm done. I was halfway through and I was like, I'm full. Like, I don't like, but I didn't want to be rude. I had to finish the beer, obviously. obviously. So anyway, this case is going to be a little long. Try your best to stay with me on this. And we, this is the only episode we're doing today. That is why it's this, the Supremo only. Yeah, this case is really confusing. It broke me, literally. I do have another case, a German case that we can do later if you want, if we have time. But we're also going to a brewery right after this to book a live show. And it's not just how I'm presenting it. This is a jigsaw puzzle that you don't know the picture until the very end. Then you see the whole picture. Because this is going to get really confusing. All right. But it's so interesting. Last week, we started May 7, 2007 in South Moravia, the Czech Republic, the town of Kurum. K-U-R-I-M. Mm -hmm. It's a very small village. A guy named Edward Turdy on his baby monitor because he was a brand new father. The baby monitor started picking up his next door neighbor, a recluse woman named Clara Moriova. And on that baby monitor was live recording of a child, a six-year-old child named Andres, right? And I just showed you Andres. Mm -hmm. The cops come in. They rescue Andres. He's been beaten. He's got, he's suffered all kinds of torture marks with like a fort dragged down his skin. You remember that? Yes. All this stuff. There was also another boy named Jacob pulled out of his class and also he was abused as well, just not as bad. And he wasn't confined to a, a dungeon like, like Andres was. Mm -hmm. There was also a 13-year-old girl named Anna. Her real name is Anika. She was also 
beat and bruised and scarred. They rescued all three. They all three went to a children's hospital. And I ended the episode with Anna. She actually escaped the mm-hmm. institution yep. through an open window or someone helped, ki- her. helped her, kidnapped her, whatever. And then and then this is for you guys. I The live stream cut off if you listen to the last one. So I'm going to tell you this now. This was very important for the last episode. So if you guys listen, I actually ended the episode not with not with Anna escaping, but with the court system checking the DNA because she was adopted. She was an adopted um, Mm -hmm. foster child. Okay. And in the Czech Republic, as in everywhere, this is um it takes nearly a year or more to adopt a child. There's a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of background checks. There's a lot of everything. Right. They compared Anna's DNA from inside the hospital when they took her DNA when she was rescued mm-hmm. inside the hospital to her foster record DNA, and it did not match. So not only is a 13-year-old girl who is most likely mentally deficient with the mind of, mind of a child out there somewhere in the Czech Republic forest battling no no one knows what, she's also not who people think she is. Who is this person? That's and what, where is the other girl? Right. The, <laughs> And that is just, that isn't the confusing part, okay? It's not? No. There's more? There's a fucking shit ton more. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm like, I'm focused. Okay. I'm trying to stay focused. I'm already so, lost. Anna, the one, did I show you a picture of her? Let me show you. Mm. Yes. Yes, because she doesn't look like the mom. Right. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, she does look like the mom, I think. No, she's adopted. She doesn't look like the mom. And, oh, and we also talked about her brilliance. Like, she's actually... So she's this is nonverbal, mm. so but she is nonverbal. But she's a genius. She well, I didn't say that. I said in the institution they gave her a pen and paper to doodle on, like crayons, literally, because she has the mind of a child. And instead of drawing a house with the sunshine with everyone happy, she drew a four-dimensional exploded view of a tes- uh, tesseract. Oh, that's right. And I remember is, talking about Marvel. And and she also included some calculus symbols as well. So you have a, a you have a mentally deficient 13-year-old girl who has been abused, scratches, welts, everything on her body, who is nonverbal, who was rescued from a home with her brother in a dungeon getting mm-hmm. beat, okay? And then she gets to the institution and instead of drawing clouds and sunshines and happy things, she draws a, an exploded view of a four-dimensional t- tesseract or whatever it is. It's like a four-dimensional cube, mm-hmm. which is beyond the comprehension of most people. Yeah, I mean, I wonder uh, if the grays I, know about the tesseract. Obviously, I I can obviously I can also see in fourth dimension because I once you learn quantum physics, it's kind of like easy. But for you guys, just think <laughs> of a little square. Us peasants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is where we stopped. So I hope you guys remember that. We do now. I, yes, I do remember that now. Now this case touches a lot of other people. So and I have to include some other people. I'm actually starting a few months later in 2008, about almost a year later, actually, a year later, January 5th, 2008. And we're going here. This is a car rental center. That's weird. You can hmm. see it on the Google Earth there. Enterprise? No, I Budget? think it's... Dollar? Hertz? <laughs> Whichever one will pay us a sponsorship. I I think it's something we can't... Oh, it does say budget. <laughs> oh, no, it says budget and then Hertz and then Avis. So I guess yeah, that's it's the, They're all the same. Those three are all the same. And dollar, I think, is turning that too. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Yeah, but... <laughs> wow, points for me. Wait, why do they have three? They, a whole bunch of the car rental companies combined and merged because they were, there were there were a lot of them out there. I don't know. But I have to... Well, I'm renting a car next weekend when I'm in Atlantic City. I'm flying into JFK, driving two and a half hours to Atlantic City. And then when we fly out, we're going to Newark. Are you working on the track that weekend? Atlantic City is the track where, you know, where all the, I think it's like 8th Street and Bower Street. I'm not working next weekend. Oh. Sorry. She will not be here next weekend. No, I know working, like walking. I know showing what you meant. Titties. I know what you meant. I'm not working next God, weekend. Was, can you please get on with the goddamn story? I might all try right. to sit at the blackjack table though. January 8, 2008. This is a year after the last story. Oh. Part one. 
Mm. So she's missing for a year. Nobody's seen her. Who? We're not starting with Anna. No, this is a different story. This is a year after the baby monitor. Yeah, right? this is a year. I'm not starting with Anna in the no. story. Okay. We're going back to Anna. That but, looks like nice water. But look mm. at this. When I zoom out, where's the zoom? <laughs> nowhere near where you're pressing. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. that's not it. Fucking titties. Watch when I zoom out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking yeah. Oh, 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 are we? We're at the top of the world, baby. I'm on the top oh, of the world. Oh, are we in Sweden? No, we're in Norway. And I, I kind of thought there would be more ice up there. <laughs> no. Well, that's the whole thing we were talking about earlier. It's Iceland fucking it, melted. This Green, is the Greenland North Pole. Greenland is full of ice, but Iceland is very nice. This is the North Pole. That's where the yeah. white yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. That, uh-huh. that, yeah, that actually, used yeah. to be all ice. Right. And then it has melted. But that's happened before, like millions of years ago. Yeah. I don't think we would have survived if that happened a million years ago. And you know, oh no, it was before humans. We are going to Norway. The very tip top, tip top top. You don't stop rocket. Is the very tip are there people top. that live there? Yeah, Norse. Yes. Norway people live in Norway. No, no, no. like that far. Yeah, north. they're called Norwegians. <laughs> they also have a cruise line. Thanks, everyone. The very top of the world, the Arctic Circle. What am I doing here? We were in the Czech Republic, and this story is going to take you all around Europe. But at the very top, you can't get any higher and still have a civilization here. The hmm. very top of Norway. Like is- on a mountain? I showed you the, the picture, Jen. You always do that. You like you look like you're like swishing mouthwash around. You're like because that's when I actually think about what I'm going to say. I want to do that. Mm, this is a good beard. This Tromso victory. Tromso. I'm probably pronouncing that correctly. Tromso, Norway, the most northernmost city in the world. Wow. Between May and July, the sun doesn't even set. That's pretty cool. Between November and January, it never rises. Complete darkness. Oh, that would not be. Cool. Like, I don't like that. Like Jen's soul. He's not wrong. January 5th, 2008, a man named Michael Ria is returning a car in a rental office. In the dark. And, and the police bust in. Now, this rental office, I just showed you on the map. Yeah. I mean, that's a small... I mean, how many people are in that rent? No one. I don't know. It's near the water, though. We're oh. talking about one employee, only one man renting a car a day. No one goes up there. You know, that's the thing about car rentals. They own, they never have enough people working behind the desks. Mm. It's like they do it intentionally to make you wait. He's returning this car. This guy named Mikhail Riha. He's returning his car that he rented. And police, Norwegian police, bust through the door. And it is a SWAT-like operation. 30 policemen bust through the door. Because Michael was traveling with a 13-year-old boy who he had kidnapped. Now, this is not the Anna case. This is a, a different. So we're, we're, this is not, is this the, is just, this just the stay, boy? Just stay with me here. Stay with me. I'm staying with you. I was going to. Stay with me. I am staying with you. All right. This man, 30-something-year-old man, was traveling with a 13-year-old boy named Adam who he had kidnapped from an orphanage. This boy's name is Adam Farner. He is very fond of skateboarding. He is the son of Martin Farnar, a successful Czech playwright hmm. who was obviously, since he is a big success, this is a high profile case. So uh-huh. this boy is kidnapped. And I will, this is related to this case. Okay, you just stay with me. This boy, this man's father, or this boy's father, Martin, a successful Czech playwright, worked in the theater of Paradubis and was the author of three books. Now, Adam, 13-year-old Adam looked a little bit older than his age, but maybe that was due to the permanent dark circles around his eyes. Oh, perhaps he they thought he had suffered from cancer, but he didn't. It turned out that this boy had been abused, much like Andres, who we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So at this point, everything's good. The police have got their man. The world is satisfied. The news media. Thank God. Thank God this boy can be returned. All right. A little bit more about this boy. The teachers at the school he was at, they noticed signs of mental scarring and PTSD. Mm. This kid was scared of loud noises. Every time the door would slam, he would... (gasps) 
and cower under his desk. A 13-year-old child with PTSD symptoms. Mm. The police question this boy, Mikhail. He's arrested. He's in custody. He's behind bars. Now they have the 13-year-old and they're questioning him. And this is a very delicate process. And this boy starts to tell a story. He says that he ended up in an orphanage and he started describing some very horrible abuse from not only people he didn't know, but also his father, the successful playwright, his father Mm -hmm. had been selling him to men (gasps) for sexual purposes. Oh, no. For instance, he, for instance, he drew a picture of seven children. Now he's 13 year old, so he can, you know, add some detail in there. There were seven children in this picture because he didn't want to talk either. He could kind of draw it out. I guess the trauma was so bad. A picture of seven children, blood on their hands and feet, and a man standing over them in a threatening manner. Adam was number seven. And all seven had been abused together. Michael Farmner, and I'm going to show you right now, was not only contacted, but he was arrested, the father. Because, sure, your boy was kidnapped, but now your boy is saying that you have rented him out to several men. So we're going to arrest you and your wife until we get to the bottom of this. Martin, the father, said, okay, I'll go into custody, but I would like to talk to the public. I'd like to do a press release. I mean, he is a well-respected man. Mm-hmm. And this is him right here in a press release after his arrest. That's him. Hmm. He looks very joyful. Yeah, he doesn't look worried. No. About what is going on. Mm-mm. He doesn't look worried, but... He looks like he, he's in the middle of an interview on the red carpet. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Foreigner, he was arrested by the Norwegian police. He asked to give a press release to explain everything. His wife, Helena, was there. And he said, I'm, I am extremely grateful that Adam has been returned. But here's the problem. We have a son named Adam, and this is not him. What? (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? It's like the changeling. Their child was with them, not abused, not scarred, a normal kid. Is this like a cloning (laughs) case? Like, what? No, it's like the the changeling. Remember that movie with Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Walter Collins. We did that story, didn't we? I don't remember. So. I think we did. He wanted to do a press release because I don't know who that is, but he is not my Adam because my Adam's right here. Did they do a DNA test? Like, which Adam is the real Adam? How many Adams right, does he right. have? No, I'm stopping that segment right there. And we're going to... Oh, go, my God. We're going to go you're back. You're right. This is a There's confusing too many, Yeah, I totally understand why you were like, maybe not today. Let's go back. Now, let that simmer in your head. Let that simmer, but don't think about it. Just kind of let it there, and we'll revisit that. It does tie in. You know what's funny? But let that just simmer. And now let's go back to the actual... Morova sisters, Mm -hmm. the mother and the aunt who were abusing the two children and the daughter or or the three children, two sons and a daughter, foster daughter, Andres, Jacob and Anika. Let's go back to them. And because we got to put this together. And right now it is you just dump a jigsaw puzzle out without looking at the front box. You have no idea what it's going to be. You just see a bunch of pieces. I just dumped all these pieces out. All the pieces are now out. Right. Now we got to start putting these pieces together. So the best way to do it is to start at one place. And I say we start with the sisters. Who are they? Why Who? Why did they have a foster kid, Anna, that's not even who that is? Who, why are they torturing their own sons? What? Let's start with them. Let's talk about the sisters the Morova sisters. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back a year in 2007. Let's go over the sisters' background. Who are what they? It, who are they? Well, here's what we know, or what I could find. They were born to a loving family. They had one middle sister who was not involved in this, oh. but all three were best friends growing up. So now we're talking about Clara and Katarina. Clara, 28, I believe, 28-year-old. Katarina, her older sister, the oldest, 30. Mm-hmm. And they were together in the house. She was raised Catholic, which explains a lot. Clara or Katarina? The, oh, the Mario. Ma- Ma- the whole family was Catholic. Okay. Yeah. She excelled in school. Volleyball, gymnastics, swimming. Very pretty, pretty woman who I'll show you right now. I'll show you her. Did you see her? I don't think you showed us. 
This is her. Oh, yeah. Pretty. Blonde hair. Has a couple of kids. Mm. I'm going to show you the headline of this because we're going to come back to it. Got it. Y'all can stew on this, too. I shouldn't be giving all this stuff away, but I don't want this to get too confusing. So I'm just going to throw this out there. That's what the headline says. What the fuck? Hold on. Wait, what? Well, what does it say? It Modern says... Modern day cannibals. The woman who ate her son? The woman who ate her own son. Okay. No. I thought this was a human trafficking case. I think it's more than human trafficking. I think it's human trafficking and cooking. Human trafficking and chefing. Flora had Jacob at 18. Her and her husband had a steady relationship, very stable, but everything was going wonderful for a while at least, but the husband did eventually move on. Clara, the mother, got her degree in economics. Very smart, smart lady. She was a fantastic mother. Her middle sister said, quote, she was a great mother and I admired her. I wish that in the future I'd have the same relationship with my own children. In 2003, however, that marriage was on the rocks. There were heated arguments, divorce. They did split up, although it was mutual. They still retained a friendly relationship. Now, here's where the depression comes in. In 2004, Anika was adopted by Clara, and more so because she wanted to follow in her sister's footsteps. Her sister, which was two years older, Katerina, who lived with her at the time, was into children's education. And it just so happened that there was a 13-year-old who has had a terrible upbringing that needed a home, Anika. And I think she bit off more than she could chew with Anika because like- Oh, is that a, is that a cannibal pun? Oh, God. <laughs> no. I didn't even pick up on that. I'm still like 30 seconds behind. Anna was pale. She was a sickly child and oh. she would often need to be carried up and downstairs. She had a lot of problems and almost immediately, Clara began getting extremely depressed. She couldn't handle it. Let's just be honest. She has two kids of her own, a very loving mother. She adopts Anna and right after that, she just cannot handle it. Mm. And this was a whole year it took her to adopt this special needs child. Her sister, Katerina, had to move in to help. But she went from a loving, doting mother down to the deepest, darkest depression anyone could ever witness. Because of Anna, she was, she's very hard to manage, you know? Mm. It's a lot of work. So at that point, this is two, around 2004, she started avoiding company. She started avoiding her friends. Her friends would be boxed out. They would try to come over and she wouldn't let them in. She was just always at home. She would walk around depressed and sad. She would see Anna, who she tried so hard to show her motherly love. Anna would stare at the ground, avoided all eye contact. There's a photo I showed in the last episode that shows Anna taking a, in, t in the context of a family photo, like an outing. They were kayaking or something. Mm. She is staring at the ground. Mm. Well, who is, who is Anna to begin with? All we know about her is that their grandmother had once cared for this girl, but one day, and this, this girl was was not the product of the grandparents. They just knew a couple who had a lot of drug problems. And one day they dropped Anna as a little child off at the grandparents' house. And ever since, they took good care of her. She was a loving grandmother, but she was elderly. And in 2004, guess what? She passed away. So now Anna, who has been living with the grandmother of the two sisters, the grandmother now suddenly dies. And this girl is in limbo. She's going to be fostered out somewhere. So the Morova sisters said, okay, we can do it. We can take care. Since she has been in our family anyway, we can take care of her. So that is kind of where Anna comes into play. As I already mentioned, who is she? Because she's not the same Anna who went through the adoption process. And, and by this, this also casts doubt on the whole system itself because the judge is now interviewed because the judge who went through all the fostering and all the paperwork and the, all the background checks, she has to now go and testify. The, only, the judge has to testify that, no, this was Anna, that I, this was her, you know? Now right. it's just like, who is this? Right. It's just so weird, right? <laughs> it's fucking nuts. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, anymore. that's that's what I don't want to happen. No, I'm sorry. Uh, so let me. What do you What do you need clarification on? Like, what do we need to clarify here? I was mostly. I was really kidding. But it, this is a. This is confusing, though. Yeah, there's, there's a, a whole lot. bunch of unknowns. Like, like uh, who is who, and yeah. like who are they really? Is really the yeah, question. Yeah, it's like if it's not people that they're saying that they are. Well, then who who are they? And especially. If like the the real person is safe and sound. 
why would they use a real person's identity instead of just like making something up? That's a good question. Well, who says that? Who says the Morova sisters? Yes, they knew that their son, the son Andres, was in the basement. But did they know that Anna was not Anna? Um, No. I mean, I mean I, my assumption was that yes, and that was a malicious went thing. This whole adoption process. How would they not know? Has like, anyone if it was not the same person of the person that they adopted? Has anyone adopted a kid out there? Because I I don't know much about the process, but I know it is a lot harder than adopting like a dog. Oh, like it for is sure. a it is a big thing, even in the Czech Republic. Yeah, and it it's is expensive. a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. Yeah. A lot of bureaucracy bureaucracy goes through there. Yep. So to to have someone that is not Anna go through the entire system of the adoption. How? Because now they're, they're going to the social workers. They're going to right. anyone who knows her and trying to say, who did she go through the adoption? Did she go through the adoption process? There was a girl named Anna that went through the adoption process. But was this her? What the fuck is going on? Everyone is confused. Yeah. If you read the media papers and the, all the big newspapers, you can tell by their verbiage and how their vernaculars and stuff like that, that they themselves are really confused about this. Well, did you hear about the case, um, and not a mur- not true crime murder or anything, but, but the the girl that was uh, N- Natalia Grace, that, she, that the family adopted her from a country in Europe, and she was supposedly like four years old or six years old when they adopted her, and she had dwarfism, and she but when they adopted her, she had like pubic hair, so then they were like, this girl is definitely not six years old, and then there was a whole battle about how old is this person and they like had her age legally changed oh to an adult God. and then they had her in, in in like a motel by herself and like but it was this whole thing about is this girl an adult posing as a child because she has dwarfism or does she is she actually a child who has like health problems or or okay. other things like that very very interesting the documentaries on on HBO Max all right so I said I said that Claire looked up to her sister older sister Katerina and even though Claire had a economics degree and she was successful in her field, she decided to go into child education. However, once Anna was adopted, the depression set in and all that went out the window. She is basically now has withdrawn herself and moved to the small village in Kurum. And that's where we started the story on the first episode in, in the dungeon there. Right. Right in that apartment. With Andrish. Yeah. She would refuse to talk to neighbors, refuse to talk to lifelong friends and close family couldn't even reach her. So she's like totally withdrawn. Even Gabriella, which is her middle sister, they used to be all best friends, completely cut off. All three sisters were best friends. And now you only have the two sisters. They cut the middle one off Mm. along with everyone else, including the biological father. So here's another thing. Think about this. You have these two boys now and and the daughter who escaped or was kidnapped at the window in this children's institution. Who are you going to give them to? Can you trust the father's not in on this? He says he's not. He says he has no idea what was going on. But they can't just release him because they don't know if he's a part of whatever this crazy shit is that's going on. So they stayed there for months just because they couldn't trust any immediate family. Even even though they said, I had no idea that this was going on. Isn't that crazy? So the boys are basically now in captivity in a children's hospital just because they couldn't be released anywhere. Fucking nuts, right? Yeah. All right. So this gets a lot more confusing. Oh, how? How? How can it get more confusing? A letter comes in from Anna. Oh, not from Hogwarts. So we're going back now to when Anna was in the children's institution. Uh-huh. They left her alone. She was screaming, spitting. She was trying to bite the staff members. They left her alone for two days, you know, kept feeding her, obviously, mm-hmm. sliding food in there. She got quiet, very quiet. They thought they were going to make a breakthrough. They went into her room only to find that the window was open. The bars were removed and Anna was not there. She escaped? Jen, we... Jesus Christ. The premier ombudsman, I guess like the president, ombudsman. Yeah. An um, ombudsman is like a legal person who... Um, she was uh, studying abroad in Europe. Did yeah, we know they, that? They had an, there was like an ombudsman. Um, I've heard that term too. Ombudsman. Ombudsman. Ombudsman's person. Um, they're like kind of like the mediator um, and, and like judge. It's not like an official judge, Mm-mm. but they are a like... Uh, like a, an arbitrator. Yeah, like a, in a committee, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. So the um, premier... 
Ombudsman. Ombudsman, mm-hmm. the premier ombudsman of South Morovia, receives a handwritten letter claiming to be Anna. Anna. It sounds like a fake place like Genovia. <laughs> it said nothing about her escaping the institution, and it was 10 pages long. It did say that she had seen the news about the mother, her mother, her foster mother, Clara, who was arrested. And the letter basically said that she wanted to clear things up. Now, this letter had no grammatical errors and was written in perfect prose. The letter said that Andres was locked up in the basement for punishment purposes. He was misbehaving. He was wild. He was unruly and they were strict Catholics. You know, that's how they mm. treat children in, in other no. ways. <laughs> no, that, let that's, me just, I, let I, me. I'm not no. going there. That's, that, no. They, they're very disciplinarian. They treat children and then they, the children treat them. It's like nope. a, uh, you know, don't yin generalize. Yin. Don't generalize. <laughs> just, just don't. There's a, okay. No, I'm sorry. All right. Andres was misbehaving wildly. That's why he was in the basement. It's not a big thing. Let my mother go. But that the handwriting, it did match the doodles, the quantum physics doodles forum mm. or the quantum physics formula. I meant the um, the calculus formula. Right. It matched her handwriting precisely. Hmm. So maybe someone was making her write this. I don't know. So now, now this comes out, the letter is published in the media, and now people are having problems with the legal system. They're like, can we even trust this whole process? Because who is this? Anyway, on the last episode, we stopped with the DNA didn't matter. So who did the DNA belong to? Mm. Well, they ran it and it belonged to the daughter of a very successful actor named Victor Scala. This is him right here. Huh. That's him. He's kind of cute. He looks like Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I don't know why the only picture, I mean, this is not the only picture, but the picture I, I chose was him in a Marachi hat. I don't know why I put that picture there. I probably should have found a normal I picture. like that one. Uh, but wow, is there something going on with the entertainment ring? Like an entertainment child trafficking ring? Because the other w- child that we talked about that like a- that was a playwright's kid yeah. or wasn't. Because yeah, it was, was or wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. Was not his child. What? Was the entertainment industry or or was this like a, a wealthy, wealthy person ring? Client ring because of the clientele and the children. All right. Victor Scala, he is a very successful actor, well known. I don't know him. The DNA matched his daughter. What the hell? What is going on? He did have a 13-year-old daughter at that time. Who this is so that wasn't weird. her? No, it's not her. She's safe at home. Well, apparently not. This is getting Are they weird. providing like fake DNA or they're giving up their real children and taking another child and selling their real child or something. I don't know if I like the way that sounds. So now not only is the Czech police, Norwegian police and Interpol. I was going to say Interpol's definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Interpol Interpol front and center because they're going to figure this out because now the world is like, what is going on? This is playing out like some kind of Murdoch case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Epstein, but okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. There's something about his dad, right? Didn't Victor, the successful actor, have this weird father something? Wasn't he involved in some weird shit? Oh, no. But wouldn't it show in the DNA if it was if it was more matched to like a, a sibling versus a parent? Isn't there you can see a distinction between because it wouldn't it be um, like if it was a sibling, you would have closer match mm. to the DNA versus like because it's coming from the same parents versus versus being a parent's D de- like because you would only have half of their genetics. But I can still tell that it's like their child. Right. But like in a paternity test, like if you were testing the this is going to sound really off, but follow me here. Like if you were testing three people, if you were trying to test the paternity of child A, right? If you tested that versus the actual parent versus their sibling, you could see a distinct difference in the DNA and see where- Between a parent and a child. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can tell if it's a sibling versus a parent. Mm -hmm. Right. So if it matched the actor as a parent, if it matched the actor's child, why would it match? Why would they question whether it was the actor's father? Wouldn't they be what? No, t- no, Jen, I'm saying they looked into the actor who the DNA was a daughter and then they're like, well, didn't the dad, his dad have some weird thing going on? back in the day. I'm like, not saying like, that it was th- his he, daughter, Jen. He, he was saying about? that it was, uh, there were some shady stuff going on. Yes. With the, okay, yes, sorry. Yes, yes, I not, thought you were not s- that there was a 
Sorry, I got confused. I thought you were saying that. I, like, I know you did. It's all right. This is a confusing case. It is. <laughs> well, the way that you presented it, I thought you meant that. Like in my head, when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, wait, if the father the has having, also the father. Right. I'm on the same page now. All right. So this is the father, Joseph. Now we're talking about, we're trying to figure out Anna's true background. He's the one in the middle. Oh, okay. An older man. He's pretty well known. So they look into the father's background and and I'm just going to give you a real quick rundown. Give it to us. In his youth, the father became interested in business, very shady business. He was convicted of several Ponzi schemes. For the most part, he was a great salesman, very convincing. You have to be to run a Ponzi scheme. Trust right. me, I know. I, I have a failed one. <laughs> the most important thing is he is the head leader of a religious movement called the Grail Movement. <laughs> ah. So this gets fucking really weird. If you just, if you thought if it couldn't get any more confusing. So this DNA came from the same line as a, as a member of the Grail Movement, which is a religious cult sect, very small, still active, but less than 100 people worldwide. Very, very small. Super small, right? The Grail movement, and I'll talk a little bit about it, but that DNA is linked with Victor, the actor, that's his daughter. And then the father is the leader of a religious sect. So now things get thrown up a notch, right? So is everyone with me so far? That's confusing shit. Mm-hmm. So Victor, the father, his daughter's DNA was, he was, there was something about a religious sect, but his father also was involved in a religious sect. So there's different cults going on? No, there's one cult called the Grail Movement. The Grail Movement. I did look it up. It's based on one pamphlet. It oh, is only one pamphlet. Yeah, and there's actually a YouTube video. It's it's really weird. It's a, I, I didn't get into the philosophy because it's just way too much. Mm. But um, what we do know is the Grail Movement advocates for strict discipline so their children will grow up to be upstanding adults. I think that's what Sounds most parents want. moral and upstanding, yeah. 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 So, so what happened? There was police raids against any member, any suspected member of the Grail movement. There's not a lot of them and they're worldwide. So Interpol's, Interpol's now involved and there were multiple raids. A lot of these raids happen inside daycare centers where, if we go back to the first episode, the mother and the mother's sister worked in the daycare, the okay. local daycare there. Yeah, right. That's how, Andres was kept in the thing yeah, exactly. below the daycare. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they worked it. in the daycare. Got it. Okay. A lot of the daycares were raided if the Interpol suspected grail a, a, grail, a grail member worked there. Uh-huh. And Dozens of medical documents were found that were all forged involving real children from these daycares with forged diagnoses diagnoses for diseases like leukemia and other various cancers. So they were faking <laughs> the identities of children. Hold, hold on, this this is and their okay. illnesses. This is just listen to me. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm getting excited. This is very interesting. Even though these documents were found to be forged, it was by some sort of medical professional. There was some oncologistic knowledge, Mm. oncology. Yeah, yeah. They knew about the cancers. If you're going to forge a medical document and know about leukemia and other types of cancers, they knew the exact science of it, which means they have people in the Grail movement who are medical professionals. mm. Yeah, you can't just be like, this child has leukemia and not provide any evidence. Like you need to be able to explain the illness and the symptoms and the course Mm -hmm. of treatment and stuff. So that would make sense. Why? Why? they would want someone with oncologistic knowledge. Yeah. I'm going to go into some of the more of the abuse right quick. Okay. Okay. To get this out the way. We're talking about Anna right now, the 13 year old who is missing, but has written a letter, maybe forced writing the letter. Mm -hmm. With the Tesseract. Yeah. So we're talking about her right now. From the Kerm case by Ryan Green, the more the two brothers, Andres and Jacob, spoke about their sister, who they thought was a biological sister. I mean, they're, right. They're young, right? Yeah. The more they spoke about her, the more their adoration seemed to seemed almost too intense and their praise of her was too glowing for a simple sibling love. 
Hmm. A caregiver at the institution recalled Jacob once saying that her sister Anna was special. When he was asked how, he said that she was chosen by God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, I think if you're on a roller coaster, I think we just hit the top. All right. Yeah, we're like, clink, clink, clink. I think we're on a roller coaster at the very top. But they, is, they, is this the fake out top, though? No, I think it's the real top, but they haven't finished putting the tracks together. So oh, I think no. it just falls off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you saw that thing about Carowinds, right? where the, the, the no. steel beam cracked and they had to shut down the coaster. Every night. Don't like roller coasters for that reason. Mm. Nope. Every night, the boys would be woken up in the middle of the night, two, three in the morning, and they would receive two lashes on their back from a whip. Wow. Now, we're talking about the eight-year-old and six-year-old. Andres and Jacob. But also, they were given a choice. Would you want to receive another lashing so that your sister would be spared from hers? So each one of them... Each one of them had two lashings, including the sister, Anna. But the boys were given a, an option. We could hit you so she can be spared. Think about that psychology. What are they trying to do there? Every time, every time the boys had chosen to receive an additional lash to spare their sister. Wow. They made it so that their sister is special. Yeah. I think that's the psychology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this abuse wasn't always there. As I said, it wasn't until Anna came. But at the summer of 2006, this was a very loving family. I mean, they were in school. They were very social and everything else. Some of the abuse that we talked about last time, the the Morova sisters put their children through. They they would send them to this camp, a cottage. This is this is where a lot of the unknowns still are at. A a cottage in another a village somewhere. No one knows who was in attendance, but there were supposedly members of the Grail movement there hmm. in attendance, and a lot of these members have not been outed. So no one really knows who was there. So it's like a summer camp. In the cottage were dog cages where the boys were shoved into, separated from communicating. They were fed out of dog bowls. And then that's when the abuse at the cottage started. Oh. This is from Ryan Green's book, quote, with bags over their heads. They were beaten with a with belt buckles and a bamboo pole, scratched with forks, had cigarettes stubbed out on their genitals, and had hot water, hot enough to be agonizing, but not enough to cause permanent damage, slowly poured over their abdomens. On one occasion, Andrej had his head down, had his head held down in a bucket of water. The psychological abuse, they would keep their heads covered at all times. They were constantly, now this was like during the summer cottage. They were constantly taunted and humiliated. They were cursed at. They were told they weren't loved and they were just here so mm. they can die. Mm. They were going to kill them. They were forced to memorize vulgar words and phrases. They had distorted music blaring at them at all hours of the, of the day, enough to make them queasy and unorientated. Very psychological abuse here. Yeah. One of the only times the bags were ever removed from the two boys, from the heads of the boys, is when they were forced to inflict physical harm on each other. They were forced to dig shallow graves, measuring to measuring the exact width and length of their own bodies and lying them for several days. For some reason, Andres seems to have attracted the bulk of the torture. This is from Ryan Green. This singling out culminated in what was probably the most horrific and revolting act of the entire hideous experience. Andres was taken out of his cage and held down tightly to, st to stop him escaping. Clara then cut a piece of flesh from his rear. You remember that little scar he had? Mm -hmm. That circular scar? Yeah. That no one knew what it was. Flora, the mother, then cut a piece of flesh from his rear while he squirmed and screamed the source of the circular indentation in his buttocks. While he still wept, the piece of meat was passed around and consumed <gasps> by the adults present. <gasps> So she was basically eating her own son. Literally, that's what the what? headline said. This is the this is the the doctrine of the the movement, <laughs> the Grail movement, which has a cool name. But Jesus Christ, uh, uh, no, 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 I'm I no. <laughs> so so Jacob actually returned to school, you know, and but had severe problems. Andrej, oh, I wonder why. Andrej yeah. had a hearing problem, which was why he was taken out. However, when the hearing was tested by real doctors, it turned turned out to be a complete lie. Not that he was lying. The parents were lying and saying that he had a hearing hearing issue. He was chained to the desk by one of the prominent members. And I'm not going to don't dwell on it, but you'll hear her name later. Hannah Basova. 
she's the one who orchestrated the first chaining of um, other boys to the day in the daycare. She was working in the mm-hmm. daycare. Now, one thing about this is look at his face, right? He, I mean, this is the boy one more time, and, and oh, the thing yeah. Poor baby. he does, he is abused, yeah. But and also look at this photo. Is this not a very high quality, high quality photo, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anyone uh, wonder why that's so high quality? And are in there fact, people watching this? In fact, in the Czech Republic, it is still currently impossible to find cameras of this high quality for sale. Hmm. And this was in 2010. Which is when Silk Road was still a thing. Are they like Silk Road. selling the the fo- like the video no, stream no, no, or something? No. no, it's not illegal to have high quality cameras. No, I'm saying what it is no. videoing Silk, is the, no, Silk the Road illegal was, part. Silk Road was drugs. No, they did like human trafficking on there too. Oh, you saw that on there? <laughs> the cameras are impossible to find and they were imported at a very high cost. All right, let, let's go back. We're in Kurum now. The cameras in Kurum. You have two sisters who have to provide for three children. Both work at a daycare that don't make any damn money. They don't make money, but yet they have high cost cameras. I'm talking about 10, 20, 30,000 mm-hmm. dollars. Someone's footing that bill. Yeah. Where, where are they getting the money for this? In fact, Flora, the mother, has not worked in about a year. Well, the cult is funding the cameras. Also, when they were going through the background of the Morova sisters, okay, this apartment's pretty nice, but they actually have three other homes in their names. Three other homes. Oh my gosh. How many other kids do they have then? Mm. They One of them works at a daycare, the older sister now. the Access young, to kids. The younger one quit. Mm. How are they getting this money? Well, there's a couple different theories about how they're getting the money. From the Kurum case by Ryan Green, the possible answer came from what the camera had been used for. Clara's was capable of recording. A videotape had been found in the house with three and a half hours of footage of Andres in the closet, tied by hand and foot to a shelf and close to the end of it, falling asleep. In a sick irony, the footage was found recorded over a videotape of a children's fairy tale titled Tales from Grandmother's Sheep. So you put that in there. Oh, I want to watch this. Tales from Grandmother's Sheep. Mm -hmm. And it it is three hours of watching a boy chained up in the basement. Also, let's go back to Andres smiling at the camera. Remember I said that when he was finally rescued? He was smiling at the camera. I don't know. Is that, was that like trained in him? Did they, did they train him to do that? Who smiles? You just been in a dungeon for a year. Well, think of yourself as a 30 year old, 40 year old pervert who is very rich, who can afford the nicer things in life, like an eight year old to, to rape and take advantage of. You don't want some, some kid all screaming and ah, you want him smiling and uh, yes, please do whatever you want to me. Even photographs were found in the in the house and just a, a, just selling a few photos a month since they're obviously very legal, which ma- makes their black market price extraordinary high, extraordinarily high. You could get $10,000 for one of these photos. Maybe that uh, helped fund their multiple homes, right? Also the live streaming. They're live streaming. Probably no problems with their internet. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fucked up, but... Dang. But they're live streaming Jacob all Flawless. day. They're live streaming. Who's paying for that? Oh my gosh, that? it's almost like a zoo. It's like, like a, mm. when you're watching like the panda cam from yeah. Anchorman or the giraffes. <laughs> so, I mean, how many people were watching this? How many Patreons did they have? Patrons did they have watching this? Paying? How much would you pay for that? To watch a six-year-old in a basement chained up? Well, I would just to make that clear. You probably pay, I don't know, five grand a month or maybe, less, you know, whatever. Jesus Christ. That's fucking ridiculous. Why do you think the cameras are so high quality? Another motive was the abuse of the boys was to fulfill some prophetic goal. I mean, this was a cult. They were in a cult or excuse me, they were in a religion, religious set called the Grail Movement, right? Maybe the abuse was to ascend them higher to heaven. We've done cases like that where it's mm-hmm. distorted thinking mm-hmm. and actions will ascend you to a greater status in the afterlife. Mm. Could be like that. Anna, as a prophet, a forced prophet, remember the, the sons are taking lashes for her? She's the prophet, the chosen one from God. The boys were probably being raised as her protectors. She was the idol. She was the quote, unthinking, unfeeling, utterly loyal and dedicated guardians. That's what they were of Anna. She was the prophet of God, you know? Maybe. Shit, right? All right. <laughs> this is so fucked up. All right. Now, where are we at now? Let's let's get a little more fucked up here. Oh, sure. Boy, I can't wait. All right. 
Anna wrote this letter and agreed to meet and agreed to meet Interpol. Her guardians, which were four of them, agreed to take them, switch out Anna and everything else because they don't know where she's at. She has been spotted in several different places, including Denmark, Germany, Scandinavia, Sweden, all over Europe. So she is going to be rescued. And the the co-conspirators worked out something where they would be given immunity or whatever. If they just give back this 13-year-old girl who has nothing to do with this. So that's what they do. They meet up and around the same time, the media is still probing into the daycare situation. So Anna is going to be brought by her captives to be released to go back to Czech Republic. At the same time, the media, which what the media is the thing that got this case solved because they were just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? We got to figure this out by going through everyone's background and everything else. In the daycare, they found a very weird coincidence. There was a missing persons report in the daycare that the Morova sisters worked in. All right, keep with me. Mm-hmm. It was also a woman that worked there as a co-worker. Her name was Barbara and she had went missing and nothing they had noticed at the time that Barbara had went missing. And in the reports, they found that she had shared an apartment with the Morova sisters. So now Anna is returned to Interpol. There, they're going to bring Anna back to the Czech Republic. But at the same time, so so what do they do? They just take her and take her into, you know, rescue her. The media came out and did side by side pictures of Barbara and Anna, and it seemed like they sort of looked remarkably like the same person. Barbara, a 33-year-old woman who went missing from a daycare, assumed to be killed by the Morova sisters at this point, mm-hmm. is now in the media held side by side to this 13-year-old Anna girl, and people are saying, wait. They think a 33-year-old and a 13-year-old are the same person. Are they just showing pictures side by side or their videos of two different people? Is they're saying, is it possible? Because in 2005, Barbara had stopped working at the daycare due to some illness, but no one knows really what happened to her. She was once plump and she plummeted in weight, especially significant in their interactions with Anna. Many of them came away with the impression that she was older than her claimed 13 years of age. Her eyes were the greatest source of suspicion. Her gaze seemed far too mature for an adolescent. She also had stretch marks. Highly unusual for a girl of her age, although still plausible if she had suffered very rapid weight loss. Now the media is saying, wait, is it possible that 13-year-old Anna is actually a 33-year-old woman who was missing from a daycare? Is Could this be the same person? Wow, I guess it could. All right, what do you think about that? That's, that's a twist I was not expecting. So where's the Anna, though, that they would have adopted then. She does not really exist. They just re-identified Barbara and they like... But like they adopted someone and had a DNA test. Like where is that human being? Right? The paperwork was all fake. Mm. That's my theory. So so the legal system in some way has to be in on it. Correct. So high-ranking officials in this cult. Probably. That's my that's my guess. But wait, you're saying that 13-year-old... Could pass off as a... pass off or, as a 33-year-old. Or, or vice versa. A 33-year-old could pass off as a 13-year-old. Well, if you're malnutritioned and you're, you know... Can I see the picture again? Well, uh, the, the judge who dealt with Anna in the courtroom during the foster procedures had spent two and a half hours wor- with Anna and was so positive that this was not a 33-year-old woman. This was a 13-year-old Anna. I, I like, I'm so confused. Yeah, I know. It's very confusing. Barbara, as I said, she went missing. They were in, her captives were in contact with the Czech embassy and Interpol. And she shows up with four men, her father, Joseph Scarla, the, the head of the cult, the 85 year old man in charge of the, the Grail movement, mm-hmm. her biological father. <laughs> Christ. What is going on? A very prominent lawyer, a former Czech police officer, and another man as well who was very high up in the in the uh, social social uh, status. The lawyer. So they're showing up right now. Their Interpol is going to take Anna, rescue her, but then they're like, Anna is not Anna. It's Barbara. She's not thirteen. You can't rescue her, and you can't arrest us for traveling with a thirty three year old woman. <laughs> this is fucking fucking. <laughs> 
fucking nuts. I am the blah. lawyer. This this very very prominent lawyer says that Barbara simply pretended to be a thirteen year old Anna simply to occupy the skin she felt most comfortable in. She wanted to be along the children. Her lawyer, Josef Kolinsky, explained because as a child she felt happy and safe, she wasn't treated as an adult. No one took her seriously. People laughed at her and made fun of her because she was acting like a child, which made sense because when she showed up to get rescued, she was found clutching a teddy bear and had even even begged her father, the cult leader, for ice cream on the way home. Plus, she had several psychic vows from experts. I'm talking about like 50 different psychic psychiatrist had interviewed her. Every one of them claimed that she was 13 years old. Some even claimed that she may have been between 11 and 12. So it was all an act? Barbara was cooperating and technically did nothing wrong. That is, if she was not a part of the abuse, but they, they don't know that yet. They sure as hell can't just arrest her. So this 13-year-old Anna, the media said she looks like this woman who went missing. Lo and behold, she is this woman. A 33-year-old woman who went missing after she suffered an illness and had rapid weight loss, who was roommates with the Morovas. Oh, they were roommates. So was she in on it? <laughs> they don't know that yet, but or they sure as... <laughs> was this against her <laughs> will? Oh my God. They don't know that yet, but they sure as hell can't arrest her because she didn't do anything wrong. Acting like a 13-year-old child is doing nothing wrong. Well, you're impersonating someone else. It doesn't matter. We have that here. You Sure, and that's fraud. I, I no, could, no, no, no. I could I, no, wear no, no, a dress no, right now. The thing I'm, I, uh, I, think what he, I think we're talking about two different things. Are we talking about impersonating or are we talking about identity? Because they're... Oh, no, 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 no,
right, I'm just gonna. I'm There's gonna, just a lot right. of moving parts. All right. I know, but do, do you guys kind of understand yes, it? Yes, right. well, I'm on the same page now. Well, we're gonna. So, and they're also taking chunks out of buttocks and eating them because that's part of the doctrine. Well, the religious members, the religious members. This is not an easy case. They're still members trying to be sought. No one knows who is always involved in this. All we can really sure, do, sure, because the customers that are watching these videos have nothing to do with the cult necessarily. All we can really do. Good point. All we can really do, because now, now Anna, Barbara, the same person, has already talked to Interpol. But As they, Anna but they or didn't, Barbara. But they didn't know this stuff yet. They didn't know that this was the roommate and the and she was actually the daughter of the Grail movement and she may be orchestrating all this stuff. They just talked to her as Anna, the 13-year-old. No, they 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 talked to her as Barbara. The as Barbara, but they didn't know her full background. Right, got it. Okay. They they didn't know if she was abused as well. Right. It, the the point is they couldn't arrest her because they didn't know yet. But now, as they start to dig up, okay, this makes sense. Maybe she did this to, you know, to bring children in or whatever. Now they can finally arrest her, but they had already let her go, mm. you know, because she had all these powerful lawyers. She was cooperating the whole time. So, and, and that person in the courtroom, the foster girl was a 13-year-old girl, but it was the actor's daughter being masqueraded the whole time. Oh. And then when it was finally came down to the wire, that's when they switcherooed Anna. Got it. Okay. So now we kind of know that Barbara, Anna, may have been- Barbara Ann. May have done something very illegal here as far as bringing people into this cult, children, pedophiles, stuff like that. But here's the problem. The authorities had already let her go because they couldn't rescue her. She's not 13 years old. They couldn't arrest the lawyers or anything because, and there were very powerful lawyers there who knew the doctrine. Right. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't arrest her because they don't have any proof that she was orchestrating this stuff, but she was going to cooperate, right? Mm -hmm. So now Barbara is completely vanished again. First Anna and now Barbara, the 33 year old. So now when they were at first trying to save Anna Uh slash Barbara, now they're trying to find her and arrest her as a 33-year-old woman. Okay, now, let me bring this to... (laughs) Sorry, I just had a Mitch McConnell moment. Go on. Let me bring this home real quick because this story is about Anna. They finally arrested Barbara, Anna, the same person. Mm -hmm. They finally finally found her. January 5th, 2008, Norway, at a rental car. Hertz rental car. There was a man, Mikhail Riha. He was returning a car when when the police officers busted in. Mikhail was traveling with a 13-year-old boy stolen from an orphanage. Or was he? Was it Barbara? Yep. What the fuck? What? What? Yeah. what? I was waiting for you guys to get that. No. The 13-year-old boy was Barbara. The Slash Anna. <laughs> this is a really confusing. And they are in the most remote fucking place. So is Barbara Adam as well? Yes. Barbara is Adam. Yes. They're all the same person. Oh. This Can you was... show a picture of this B? It's like Billy Milligan, but not. <laughs> It's like the actual different Whoa. identities. Holy smokes. She does look like a teenage boy. It's like me. <laughs> With your bowl cut. With my bowl but cut. she also looks like a 33-year-old woman, yes. too. Holy smokes. You know, I, the question that I was going to ask. So this is her as a 33-year-old woman. That's the same same woman. Yeah. That's Barbara. Well, she. Uh, oh, my goodness. Holy smokes. You know, earlier when you told me not to ask. Uh, this is what, a better picture of a 33-year-old yes, woman. Yes, clearly an adult. Exactly. But what but about the, the child? shaved head. No. Right. What? Well, let me show you the child picture and and see if it's the same. So this is her. You said as an adult, correct? This is the same time period. Not even a year has passed when she had this picture taken. Wow. So you said that that woman, that thirty three year old woman, looked like her because it's the same person. Yeah. That is Anna, and this is Barbara. Correct. And Adam, Adam would be yes uh, with leukemia. Yes, exactly. Holy smoke! Shit. <laughs> Okay, so let me go back to the question that you told me that I could ask later. Okay, go ahead. I so, thought I thought you I thought you were going to put together Adam was Anna. That's no, why I stopped you because no. I didn't want people to get that. No, 
I was going to ask if Adam was the same, looked similar to that boy, because last night at the disco party, I found my own doppelganger. Really? Yeah, I did. I have a video. That's creepy. Yeah, it was, I was tripping me out. That's scary. Were you on drugs? And that's why you were tripping out? Why do you think that I would be on drugs? Because you said you were tripping. It would just kind of creep me out that someone looked so similar to me and Tara was like, oh my God, she looks like just like you. She was like the same build, had a bun, like same similar facial features. It was very, very, I'll show you. I'll post a video to Discord maybe later, but I will show, I tried to get a picture and I couldn't get a picture. So I got a video and you can kind of see. So what do you think? This was kind of made a movie called Orphan. And and they did, I don't know if they followed. Oh yeah, I I didn't see that movie, but I remember the movie being named Orphan. Yeah, I don't know if it follows it exactly, but there was a movie called Orphan. And here, let me show you the movie. Um, like the trailer? No, yeah, just the, uh, I guess that's the... Uh, oh, yes. I remember that picture. The The whole thing revolves around Anna, Anika, who was not who she claimed to be. Correct. And Anika they, was Barbara. Yes. And also Adam. And That's Adam. how they found him a year later. They, they go to arrest, they go to arrest this man with the 13-year-old child. They didn't know it was Barbara. Right. Until they started putting two and two together and like, wait, wait. Why do you have this 13-year-old? And that's not a 13-year-old. Well, so here's what happened. Remember the press release that the the actual uh-huh. um, father yeah. of the 13-year-old yeah, Adam? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he came out and he said that he was an innocent party and people believe he was. Right. Barbara, who had escaped from the mental or from the children's institution, uh-huh. was, was uh, like redirected through him, sort okay. of. So he was helped he was helping to hide her because he thought that it was a 13-year-old girl trying to hide from abuse. Okay. So it's, wow. it's, it is so... But she showed up on the same DNA as the actor because her father is the cult leader mm-hmm. and the actor's father is the cult leader too. No, That's no, her no. sibling? Her father is the cult leader. That's what I just said. Barbara uh, Scala. She right. is the cult leader. Yeah, that's what... The cult leader's daughter. That's so what I just her said. Brother, and she the cult leader. So she masqueraded under her brother's daughter's DNA. Right. That's what I just said. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's crazy. <laughs> so what happened to Barbara after the arrest? Uh, <laughs> or was that part three? She got arrested. But what happened to her? Uh, like, is she, me, um, has she been convicted yet? What has she even been convicted of? Are the other children okay? Hi, Brittany. Welcome. We just figured out that this lady has been masquerading as a teenager. Oh my God. My brain really hurts <laughs> after this one. Jesus Wow, I'm, I, I'm glad I only limited myself to one drink because you I wouldn't why? have I followed any of this. I could not Same do for more me than for two. Yeah. I could not do more than one K. I was like, dude, no, this, yeah, is, this, this is, is really complicated. I definitely understand now why you were like, yeah, I'm gonna have to wait on this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because on Wednesday I was like ready to go. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go, and he was like, we're not doing it today. Like I was like, oh, okay, and then now I totally understand. Oh, why. this movie was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, the orphan. Oh, oh. yeah. Um, so let me see. Uh, so a lot of the news is not in English. What was that? That oh. was my phone. I'll see if I, the Morova sisters were arrested. Actually, Barbara Skrlova now, the con woman's life after prison. That's her right there. After prison. She still looks like a teenager. She's out. She became an international sensation after Norwegian authorities. After sensation. Nor- That's the word we're going to use. After Norwegian authorities revealed the 33 year old woman had deceived teachers, police and child care workers into believing she was a 13-year-old boy named Adam. <laughs> Jesus. But she she claimed she was a victim herself. It, dude, it is it's too funny. I mean, being the child of a cult leader, she probably had some sort of... So Barbara alleged, allegedly manipulated two sisters into believing she was a 12-year-old girl. Flora, a mother of two sons, met Barbara Skrolova while studying in college, and Barbara introduced herself as Anika, and that she didn't have a place to stay. That's when she started, yeah. Got it. So apparently the Moriova sisters were duped as well. Even but they though, got jail time. Even though they even were... Even though they were like indoctrinated by the cult and were eating their own child's Well, I bottom. mean, that is probably pretty bad. You know, like they deserve some punishment for that, even if they were brainwashed. The evidence suggested that Katerina knew about Barbara's deception, but decided against telling her sister beca- because of her sister, Laura, suffered from a mental illness. Dang. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> so so Barbara is already out of prison. Yeah, they're all out of prison. The court wow. the, the court sentenced Barbara to five years in prison. She was released after serving half her sentence after her lawyer successfully argued that her psychological well-being had suffered in prison. Oh god. She had well she, this is the lawyer. This is a lawyer who's hired by the cult. Who is hired by a religious sect. Hmm. Don't call them a cult. They no. don't want to be called that. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. I don't care what you don't want to be called. It's like the aliens. I don't, I don't care if you don't want to be called aliens. I'm going to call you an alien. I don't care. This is Nicole has made it very clear. And, she does not care. And this law. So there's a lot of money in this because the child sex rings and stuff sure. like that. That's how yeah. they're making their money. It's a whole right. Epstein so, thing all over again. Right. Dude. Or before. I can promise you it also probably ties into Epstein. Oh, I was probably yes, thinking this this entire time. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I am not ever taking a case on like this again. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Well, until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. I kind of run this shit.